I do love vintage Porsches. There's just a classicness to their body style that I really think is beautiful. Um, I do love the 71 Bronco. <laughs> that thing is so much fun. It's like the ultimate surf mobile, just cruiser. It's so great. Welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and others in the car industry. I'm Randy Cardoon, and on this edition of Talking About Cars 140, Tegan Hammond is a race car driver that recently began a stunt driving career that has already landed her a stint driving some of the rather expensive wheels in the Magnum PI series. And we caught up with her at the recent Classic Auto Show at the Orange County Fairgrounds. She joined Bob Beck of Great American Auto Scene, or GAS, along with myself, and we talked about her car career, about her college studies, which have nothing to do with cars, and what she plans to do about that. But first... Some talking about cars news. On the heels of news that Christy Lee is replacing Heather Storm in the new season of Garage Squad, a shakeup with All Girls Garage, also on Motor Trend, Lee will stay with Bogey on the show, but Rachel DeBarros has left. Kind of a weird way if you saw the show. It looks like she exited in some sort of science fiction-like vortex and disappeared into thin air. She was replaced by Faye Hadley, who hails from San Antonio, runs a garage called Pistons and Pixie Dust, and has a psychology degree from Harvard. I kid you not. Also, Ford is coming out with a hot rod Mustang for the common man based on their basic platform. Think four-cylinder turbo coupe-ish, and that's what's powering it. Jim Owens of Ford will have the details for us next week here on Talking About Cars 141. And that's your Talking About Cars news. And now, Ant Anstead. He's the well-known mechanical half of the Wheeler Dealers. Joining Mike Brewer after the exit of Ed China in 2017, Anstead brought his own take to the classic TV show about buying, fixing, and selling cars. And his approach was well-liked by many people who watched the show. And along the way, he ended up meeting and later marrying Christina El Musa from the TV show Flipper Flop. I caught up with Ant, who recently wrote the book Cops and Robbers, the story of the British police car. We not only talked about his role in Christina's new TV show on HGTV, but he also told me about some of the other special projects he and Mike are going to be working on and a rather unexpected birthday gift. My wife's incredibly generous and... Uh... Yeah, I'm still probably a bit speechless. So we've uh, we've just moved into a new house and we've been looking for a table tennis table, ping pong table. So um, We've had so many conversations about ping pong tables um, literally over the last three weeks. And on the morning of my birthday, she says, oh, the ping pong table's here. So um, And she says, you need to go and sign for it. Now I'm in my underpants. So I'm starting to walk out to sign for this ping pong table and she goes no no you gotta put some clothes on i said no it's okay it's only a delivery driver and she threw a hoodie at me and said i'll put some clothes on i said well it's only a ping pong table she goes well what if it's not the right one and you want to take it back and then i opened up the door and sat in the driveway was a very 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 nice silver 1958 356a porsche um with a big red ribbon on the roof and yeah my wife bought me a porsche for my birthday which by the way amplifies the pressure because for her next birthday I was going to get her socks <laughs> yeah, I was going to say how do you top that um, well I think the truth is you don't um, but we're having a baby so you can't put a price on a baby can you no so yeah we're even of course 
And you don't feel cheated at all that you didn't get a ping pong table. Well, ironically, the ping pong table turned up that afternoon. <laughs> so, oh, really? So yeah, so yeah, I got. I was thinking that's not flat enough for a ping pong table. I'm never going to get a rally going on the top of that. Um, but yeah, so we now have the ping pong table and the Porsche. Was that number one on your list of cars you wanted to get, or did she, how did she know? Uh, what's weird is that we obviously we we talk a lot and we um we uh, we have a kind of a, a vision plan for things that we want to do in our lives. And on my vision plan was a three five six and a series one Land Rover. And I think the three five six was possibly easier to get. The show's coming up. Uh, Mike was saying you guys are. Um, I guess the new shows are coming up in May or April or when. Is it? I, I, I'll be honest, it feels like I'm the last to know. You know, we spend months and months working on the, the show in TV world and the TV time doesn't translate to real time. So I always get stopped by, you know, I, I got stopped recently by a guy who watched a show I did three years ago thinking it was last week. And there's this kind of vortex of time. So I don't know when it's going out. Um, I know that we're due to have a next one in the next few months. So, um, and it's, you know, it's a great run. We've just finished 24 cars. So, um... Yeah, there's loads of cars coming up for the car fans. Now, are you also working on Christina's new show? Uh, I, Funny enough, I've been roped into it. So she's got a new show that is coming out on May the 23rd on HGTV called Christina on the Coast. Um, and it's eight episodes where she uh, fixes up uh, a room or two rooms in members of the public houses. So in one episode, she'll do a kitchen and another she'll do a bedroom. And um, yeah, I've appeared on on pretty much every other episode I'm in it because at the same time it tells a bit of story behind Christina's life, my life, moving into a house, um, dealing with uh, all the uh, trials and tribulations that come with uh, with, with, with us. So uh, yeah, I am. I'm part of it and I've seen the first three episodes and I have to say um, I don't watch a lot of stuff on HGTV and I've seen one episode of her, her show Flip or Flop and it is completely different i think the public are really going to like it it's going to show a side of her that i don't think people realize exist now are you just in it to work on the houses or are you just in it in flashbacks or what um it's a bit of both actually i do do a lot of work on our own house you know i build our bed i build a stair rail um i build the light for our bedroom um and um i uh, i kind of I appear on the house searching because, you know, buying a house is difficult. You have to go and see 10 before you pick one. So there's a lot of us, you know, a little dip into our private lives and, you know, the, the kids are in it and her, her private life's in it and, you know, my job's in it and her job's in it. So it's a, it's a kind of nice behind the scenes. Yeah. I understand, like, you have not enough time in your world, so you have another show coming out. Uh, I'm not, I, I, do you know what? I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to talk about it, so let's talk about it. Um, so, yeah, Wheeler Dealers takes a break for a few months. Uh, Mike Brewer's been given a, a solo show, which he's doing. It's called uh, Wheeler Dealers Dream Rides. Um, he's going back to the UK in about two weeks, I think, where he's going to um, he's going to uh, basically trade people from their current car and within two or three purchases into the car they want. So he'll find someone with I don't know a, a Mini that's a bit run down. He'll help the owner fix it up, sell it, take that money, buy something else, fix up and sell it. He did a show like that before, though, didn't yeah, he? He did a show like that called Trading Up. Um, but it's uh, yeah, so it's now called Mike Brewer Dream Rides, um, and uh, yeah, it looks really good. And uh, and I know Mike obviously Mike's the ultimate professional, so he's going to smash out a park. Um, and at the same time, um, so that's filling the gap between now and when Wheeler Dealer starts again. And at the same time, uh, the network have foolishly given me another show. <laughs> uh, show now, and everybody keep quiet and do not listen to this next thing because. Uh, Ant's not supposed to talk about this at all, so he really isn't talking about it at all, but I'm going to ask anyway. Right, so let's talk a bit more about Mike Brewer's show. It's called Wheeler Dealers Trading Up. Um, it's, 
Um, so you can't talk about I, it. I, I, the, the rumor has it. Sworn to secrecy. Yeah, the rumor has it that I'll be building one car over 12 weeks. So um, it'll be a weekly uh, episode, but uh, in, in macro detail, because obviously over in Wheeler Dealers, we do one car in one episode in 42 minutes. So to be able to do one car over 12 episodes um, is, uh, is, uh, is, yeah, it's, a, it's close to Wheeler Dealers, but still a far cry. We'll be able to go into areas where, where we just have more time. And this is something you've always wanted to do as far as, because you've done other shows and they've been more extended than in Wheeler Dealers is. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, it's, I guess there's that time vortex that you get in TV. You know, the truth is, is that no one can restore a car in 42 minutes. It's impossible. These cars take weeks, months often, sometimes years. But to put it on TV, it's, it, everything's edited and fast forwarded and, you know, you, you see a caliper come off in 10 seconds when reality, the, the nut's stiff and it takes two hours. Um, but that's the you know, no one wants to watch someone fix a brake four times. We want to see the one, the take home, and then the transformation. Um, so to be able to let it breathe is going to be really nice. Ant Anstead from Wheeler Dealers from the Benedict Castle Car Show in Riverside. Now, stunt driver and Bonneville Salt Flat Speed record holder, Tegan Hammond. Where exactly did Tegan get her appreciation for the automobile? I started out uh, my family races in, at Bonneville actually at the Salt Flats in Utah and we've always had a uh, Salt Flat car in our garage and that was just normal for our family so I grew up in a shop and learned to drive go-cars and all that kind of stuff and learned to weld when I was young and um, if you guys are watching this you're probably also into cars and you know how it gets into your blood and so first this, time you welded how old were you i was 10 years old wow what were you working on i was working on a car like a go-kart my dad and i were building a go-kart which for the longest time i thought was a goat cart like the animal <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but now, Side note, now when you started working I was on, that on a go-kart did you start racing or was it just a fun hobby cart we were hobbying them in the backyard of the shop and the first races that i actually participated in were at the salt flats racing uh in uh, the b class engine size and uh, fuel fuel class for a lakester and I set a record of 294 miles an hour. In a wow. go-kart? No, that was the Lakester, oh, the B-size okay. engine okay. Lakester running fuel uh, for open wheel cars. So, wow. so that was the start of the racing and then, you know, it's in your blood after that. So. Well, your dad, your dad was the one who was racing the cars. Tell us a little bit about when you first realized what he did. So my mom and dad race. My oh, brother, okay. my mom actually has the fastest record in our family. She's a 323 mile an hour record. So um, love telling people that my mom's faster than me. And, and your dad. And my dad, yeah. yeah. And um, and my brother. So they all have uh, blue blue hats is the, the kind of thing that you get when you race. You get a record over 300 miles an hour. You get wow. to wear a blue hat. Okay. <laughs> Where did your mom get it from? She grew up in, she's uh, from Canada, and she grew up in a small town in British Columbia called Trail. And my grandparents ran the store. There was like one of everything. So a store, a movie theater, you know, very small okay. town, beautiful. And she used to build cars out of the cardboard boxes. <laughs> that the produce and things you know would come into the store and and it was just something that I don't know cars just represented something and going on your road trip and adventure it's definitely adventure is definitely in our DNA so um, 
I, I'm not sure where it came from before that. Hmm. What was your first car? My first car, it was a an old, um, it was blue Chevy Blazer S10, like the little mini Chevy yeah. Blazers two-door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was the best little car. It was a four-wheel drive, which was amazing. Okay. And had a spare tire on the back, and you could sleep in it, and go to <laughs> Mammoth in it, and go all over the backcountry. I just drove like I would just go and drive like anywhere, so check things out. What's your favorite car so far? Well, um, we actually have a 1971 Bronco with uncut fenders and a new engine in it that's, it sounds incredible and it's so original. Everything's, it's like tomato red with a cream top and it's three on the tree transmission. So you just get, you know, to cruise around in your little free speed and it just is so much fun. You can't stop smiling. That's kind of neat. So the car that you had where did that come from was that a hand-me-down or what that was a car that we bought that sounds like a car you could have had some fun i guess the word is rough housing with because yes. being in the area and four-wheeling and that kind of thing yeah yeah there's a bunch of roads in the foothills and the mountains and stuff that i used to love going out to and um just you know exploring and seeing what what road went where and what was out there driving to hot springs and going hiking and was it a hand-me-down after you were done with it to your brother or something or did you wear it out i drove it for all through college actually yeah. so you really didn't abuse it too much it lasted no yeah i tend to take good care of my things <laughs> <laughs> all right what kind of car are you driving now you've gone from the s10 blazer you set world records you're a stunt driver not in the s10 blazer no not in the s10 no blazer. Well, yeah, he did drive for a long time. That might be a record. <laughs> well, that could be true, especially for an S10 Blazer. Well, what, what kind of car are you driving now? I have a 1995, no, 1998 uh, M3 BMW. Very nice car. Car that you had that you may someday want to get back. I'm not old enough for that, except <laughs> the car that we drive at the Salt Flats. Um, was just retired this year. It, okay. it went to a museum, Land Speed Racing Museum in Lincoln, Nebraska, where it has a dedicated space and will never be sold. And um, so in, I guess if I could include my, my family's cars, that would be one that I would, I would have back. Okay, let me, let me restructure that question, obviously. So, car you anticipate getting someday that then you'll lose and then you're gonna want back. What car <laughs> would that be? Oh, that's <laughs> no. a really hard question to imagine. I mean, you know, there's so many things that become a part of why you want something. It can be sentimental. It could be like a great story. Like I got to drive for uh, Ferrari, which was a four day shoot in uh, San Francisco and Big Sur. And it was the 488 Pista Spider. And that was a really special experience. So um, we did, you know, long, long, long days, but we also got to shut the road down and drive the beautiful Highway 1 through Big Sur in one of the best race cars that you can buy off the shelf, sort of, you know, you mm -hmm. buy stock and um, and film and do some beautiful work and not have a single other person on the road. So, so, so that was really to, special. You guys drive it pretty quick. We did, yeah. There was times where we were going 120, but it was more just, you know, about capturing the essence of it in motion. And we did some fast passes mm -hmm. and um, had the uh, ham... Lamborghini Huracan, so the camera car mounted on the Lamborghini as our chase car for some of the, the shots, 
and um, and a helicopter, and mm. then also the the arm car with Filmotechnic and the Porsche with the you know the what's, Russian arm. So what's going to replace the uh, Bonneville car? We're uh, my family's now into doing vintage sprint cars, so. We've got an old Gambler. We've got a 40s car that my dad built from um, top to bottom uh, with basically imagining himself as a man who just returned from World War II and wanted to race but didn't have any money and what would he buy and where would he get it and, you know, really trying to authenticate every piece of that car. And we just have raced it a couple times in the vintage sprint racing circuit and also the race of gentlemen just happened this last weekend in Santa Barbara. And it was amazing. Those guys, I love all of the race of gentlemen men. They are incredible. The whole culture that they create is like family. All the engines that are approved and the cars that are approved are so authentic. It's very particular. And they curate a beautiful group of people. And we just had a blast. It was so much fun. For those of you who don't know what the legendary race of gentlemen are, they actually take cars from that era. We're talking what, back around 1900s? 1910, 1920. I think the, the newest car we saw out there was that 40 Willys. Oh, that 40s sounds like, I think, like the, the oldest, but I'm not exactly sure. But yeah. yeah. That was like the newest. Most everything was a flathead Ford. Were you guys there? Yeah, you saw it? No way. Yeah. Did you see me run? Uh, I did not. <laughs> no, my, it was my, my so fun. My wife and I had gone up there. We, oh, we, we spent the day up there. We got fun. there at O'Dark 30 in yeah. the morning yep. and then uh, got home at O'Dark 30 that yep. night. Yep, yep. What kind of car? You said 40s car that your dad did. What, what, what kind of car is it? Do you know? I think the engine was 40s, but I think it was a much earlier body model T Roadster. Oh, okay. So I have a picture road. of it. Yeah, it's a track Roadster. I yes. want to say like 1918, but I'm not exactly sure. I'm not one of those people that's really good on stats and numbers and stuff like that, unfortunately. So I'm working got, on that. Have you gotten to drive the car? Yeah, the yeah. We drove. I got to run a couple laps and it was really special. My mom and dad were there. My brother was there. And my racing goggles were my grandfather's aviation goggles uh, that he okay. actually flew cross country and open cockpit airplanes in. So it was really kind of sentimental and fun. So. You really get a chance to, not only with the older cars, but you actually have to wear period garb, right? Yes. Yeah, everybody gets fully into it, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So from the clothes that you're wearing and the machines that you're operating, so. Yeah. And you got to stop before the hay bales. Yes, and the K-Rail, <laughs> behind the hay bale. Yeah. <laughs> and make a U-turn on the track. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was interesting. Oh, it was so much fun. Take us to the time where you started getting into the, I, I don't want to call it stunt driving, but you certainly did. When you're driving Lamborghinis and that kind of thing in a, in a movie shoot or a okay. commercial shoot, how did that happen? Okay, yeah, no, good question. I haven't driven a Lamborghini yet, but anyway, I, I, I feel like every single day is like, a new day like you can I don't know I just hope this keeps going forever um, I, you know you can't take anything for granted it's job to job and so um, how did you get into that I'm really uh, really lucky I met a coordinator who had heard about my Bonneville racing experience and was impressed with my 300 mile an hour record and my interest and um, I knew you know driving 300 miles an hour is pretty high pressure so you can handle that you can probably handle some other intense situations and so he just simply said there's not a lot of women uh, stunt driving and as a coordinator that's you know difficult you want to have talented women to come and help you create the work that you're trying to create so 
that's all he said and it, it changed my mind about what was possible and I um, he said buy a car and learn to crash stuff like you've spent your whole life learning to avoid things and not hit things and I want you to learn to crash like you need to learn how to really do that well okay but you can't do that on the city street where do you where do you go to practice to crash so um, I did buy a car. I bought a 1995 Mustang uh, for $2,000 out of Paris, California, and started working on it and um, put a handbrake in it to get the tires to lock up and had a lot of help. I would not be anywhere I am today without all the help that I had working on that car and uh, access to a lot of shop, obviously shop space, my family, and mechanical support. So. Um, and friends and there's a few places the stunt guys will go out to practice uh, one was at Camrio Airport which isn't running anymore and Willow Springs and also Lompoc Airport I had a, um, a little piece of the Lompoc Airport that wasn't being used and a friend that put me in touch with the airport manager and he allowed me to practice in the very beginning so huge thanks to the guys at Lompoc Airport for helping me with that in the early days and um, never did anything like illegal or off the streets or, you know, it was always somewhere that was dedicated or you pay for track time, like at the balcony, you know, I, I definitely have never, even at night late when it's a quiet road, ever messed around with my car. I'm just, I don't know. I like to be in a space where I'm not going to get in trouble yeah. for practicing. When you're not a very old lady at this point. Well said, Well Let me get my not old yet. Out first. <laughs> and then uh, a lot of women are driving, trying to drive performance vehicles. There's a lot of women here. You've got the women in wheels display. You were on the panel with a lot of famous women in the automotive industry. At what age did you set that 300 mile an hour record? Oh, good question. Um... I was 30 when I set the 300 mile an hour record. Yeah, just yeah, last yeah. last year. Last. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every year is the I'm anniversary sorry, of my 30th birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's family. I can't do much about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was about 30. I was supposed to drive when I was say like 18, and. I got scared. I just, I don't know. I just, it took, it was interesting. I started paddling canoe and steering and learning how to sight really long distances to steer your canoe through the ocean and constantly moving seas. And um, it just, there was just some point where I realized that I really wanted to do this and experience what it was that my whole family had been doing my whole life. So, so you'd been off going I to went. Bonneville and, and participating but not necessarily as a driver i had not been to the salt flats before driving i had just been participating back at the shop back at home with my family okay that whole thing is though fascinating to me because you know getting an opportunity you talk about being on airport property or some place where you i assume could have concrete or you pour water on it learn to learn to slide learn to do some of the basic things that uh, you need to do and stunt and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, the whole process how long does it take to really master it to the point where you're comfortable oh I don't know I mean I guess you're constantly learning I'm far from mastering um, 
where at the level I would want to be and where the level that the drivers that have really been stunt driving for, you know, 20 years, 40 years. I mean, there's people that you guys really should be talking to <laughs> besides me just getting started. But um, I, the there's, yeah, there's, um, there's classes you could take. I've done a great um, number of classes. I'm uh, out at the BMW Performance Driving Center and out at Rick Siemens, who's kind of the has these great classes they did a car jump with him of 60 feet and you just learn like anybody learns you just show up and you have to have a passion and a willingness and I've always been an overachiever in school and graduated with highest honors from college and um, I just really enjoy getting every piece of something understanding every aspect of something because you never know when that's going to come in useful so um, like you know there's some things that are just one day you're in a, you're in a situation and you realize you can handle it and you don't know where you learn that from. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that if you show up and you learn as much as you can and you you apply every ounce of your being into digesting it and understanding like weight shift dynamics and uh, front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, all wheel drive, drifting all wheel drive cars, just everything you can, then you know that's the best you can do. All right. So you've got a college degree. What was your degree uh, focused on? I have a background actually in um, environmental conservation and habitat restoration work. So I learned to scuba dive when I was 11 and completely fell in love with the ocean. I'm just like a water baby. I love to surf and free dive and spearfish and I, I'm very, very, very happy to never get out of the ocean if I don't have to. Um, but then when I'm on land, I love driving. So it's interesting. It's a very much of a... Um, it's not as opposite as I think people would make them out to be. Your experience doing this stuff for um, Magnum, uh, I'm curious, have you been doing movie stuff, TV stuff before that, or was this really your first experience with that? I've, I did, so season one just wrapped filming for Magnum PI, and I was really lucky. I ended up getting to do three episodes for the first season. Um, and again, just thanks to the people that believed in me. And um, from what I hear, it went really well. And so. I heard they're coming back. Yeah, the yeah. season got picked up again, which is really super. Um, and I think they're all online if anybody wants to watch them. I got to do a reverse 180 in a Ferrari and some getaway burnouts and drive an eight speed Unimog. And. Um, and then one scene was really special. I got to do actually with Susan Perkheiser and she was driving and I was driving and we were both in a scene together and she said that's only happened one other time in her long career of, I want to say like 25 or 30 years or something. She's amazing. And um, so that was really fun to do that scene with another female driver that I completely admire. And um, what else? There's Ferrari, there's a Nissan commercial, um, Toyota for Latino American Music Awards with We Seen and Christian Acosta in the back seat doing wow. some spins around Irwindale and uh, some reverse 180s. You didn't know about this? I didn't know about it. Well, we had track rentals of that. They don't necessarily let us in. Oh. We <laughs> just work there. I see. We, we can't get, yeah, that's during the day and yes. I'm there in the evenings. That's right. So, yeah, that was really special. They were really gentlemen and fun to be around. It was a great day. It's oh, every day I, I'm on a job. It's the best day ever. I got to drive for Heidi Klum and spend the day with her in the desert. 
and I'm, she was just, uh, she was lovely. She was so lovely. Are there any chances of you combining your talent of speed on the, on the ground to putting it into the water? Interesting. Well, so far at the moment, there's a chance I might get back out on the salt flats, driving with a team out of Emory Riddle, and they are putting together an electric land speed car. Oh. And um, my mother, who's got the 323 mile an hour record, and myself with the 302 record, we got our names got put in as potential drivers, and um, really hoping that that goes uh, well and we get a chance to participate with an electric land speed rest or ra racing. Now, how are they gonna, do you know how they're going to categorize that? Because I know electric it, land electric, speed. In, yeah. in the case of the fuel car you drove, right. it's cubic inches and, sure. and so forth. Exactly. But how are they going to do that on an electric motor? I would guess there's, electric's obviously going to have its own category. And then I don't know much about how they would subdivide the electric. It would probably be based on body type, I would guess. But yeah, um, yeah. that'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's going to evolve as well as the, you know, along with the technology evolving. Yeah, mm -hmm. Then that'll become, because they have bicycles, they have, sure. you know, motorcycles, motorcycle streamliners. They've got modified semi-trucks. They've got, yeah. you know, everything yeah. almost. So. Is there any interest in beating mom's record? I mean, I wouldn't say no, but it's not like I wake up in the morning and think about it. You yeah, know? you don't come up to mom and you know, like suddenly <laughs> no. trash talk mom. No, God, no. God, no. We're uh, just, I mean, it's like just a supportive. And how many people get to say their mom's got that accomplishment? I really sure. enjoy it. And if that was how it was for forever, I'd be so proud of her. We're here at the uh, Classic Auto Show talking to Tegan Hammond. Uh, you had a chance to do a uh, women in automotive uh, talk up there with several uh, women in the automotive industry and just and they've switched it around let me just look at the list here you had uh, yeah Lynn St. James is moderating yeah Lynn St. James and, and Jesse then... Combs the amazing Jesse Combs Bogey Latner um, Karen Salvaggio and Tina Smith what was that like I will I came to the classic auto show last year and I attended the women in wheels talk and I I stood in the line and met him and I was so happy to meet these ladies and so I felt like it was I felt like a fan still well, being up there with them today. Well, you were up there with them, though. You were actually in the stands? This year I was um, on the panel with them speaking, so that was a real honor. All right. Now, you, you've raced on Bonneville. You've got a record. Two. Have you two records? Now, when you guys, when they have the annual 200-mile-an-hour club meetings, mm -hmm. do you go as a family event? Yeah, we have, actually. They've been, um, I haven't been to the last ones because there was, you know, they were rained out, and it is a 14-hour drive, and I've been busy getting this new career launched, but we have gone as a family in the past. That could be interesting. And, uh, so you're, you're faster than, your, your mom's faster than you, you're faster than your dad and your brother? I think my dad and brother are faster than me. Okay. I think I am, but still, I mean, we're all over 300 miles yeah. an hour, so huh. <laughs> I'm that's, okay that's with that. Nice I'm not really that right. competitive, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, that's a nice <laughs> I mean, I'm competitive in. with myself, but I'm not, like, competitive with other people. You know what I mean? Now, I don't think that's really that important. Are you driving the same car? 
Yes. Yeah, there was a car. Um, there's been a couple iterations of the Bonneville 77 Lakester, but uh, in, I think it was 2004, my dad set a record and then went out for a fun pass. And um, it was the first time the car had been pushed at that speed. It was, I think, 325 miles an hour. And that particular car started to take off. So it was just a new, you know, nobody knew that it had just never been that fast. So he went front over end and then um, that car was crashed and he amazingly had the most minor injuries for um, wow. for a crash at that speed. Um, my brother built the roll cage and did an amazing job so glad for that mm -hmm. and he was okay. I mean that's what all the safety teams are for and all the equipment you wear so um, then the car was rebuilt and that was the car that I drove. Everybody's got a car list, a list of the cars they always want somewhere down the line. What is the top three cars on the Tegan Hammond I want that car someday list? There's a beautiful, I don't know what you, this is like, I'm so bad with the years. There's, I do love vintage Porsches. There's just a classicness to their body style that I really think is beautiful. Um, I do love the 71 Bronco. <laughs> that thing is so much fun. It's like the ultimate surf mobile, just cruiser. It's so great. So that one would be on my list. Mm -hmm. um, one more. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I try not to think about things that I don't have, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about. I mean, I have a lot to be grateful for, so. Um, I'll take two. Two okay. is not bad. Okay. Or, I'll take two. Nice so I'll come up with something. At a, at a yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I honestly, I used to drive a Tacoma truck, and I miss that thing all the time. All right, I miss having a crazy, truck. Okay? So yeah. We don't want to get too crazy truck. about this. A truck. I'll throw that into the third yeah, you don't want I'd like my four-wheel drive truck back. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> or all a right. four-wheel drive truck. Of course, one day we'll be sponsored by Toyota and we'll have to come up with something <laughs> like that. Oh, what a feeling. That would yeah. be amazing. All right. So what's on tap for you next? I'm going to go up to Dirtfish, actually, in, outside of Seattle and do some rally car driving training. Oh the Dirtfish gang up there and um, I always like when I people are kind enough in the industry to sit down and give me advice I my it's important for me to follow through with everything that they tell me and so that was one thing that was recommended to me and their classes are incredibly hard to get um, but they book them out like you know if you want to you called today and tried to do a three-day VIP with them it'd be in September so um, finally getting out to the last one I had actually got canceled with the snowstorms. So I'm finally getting back out to do that. And then it's just practicing every every chance I can get going out and continuing to train and learn everything I can. I like to set up cameras and watch myself so I understand camera angles as well as like how what I'm doing translates to film. So I just, yeah, I just love getting better and training. I just want to keep working. I want to keep traveling and working with amazing people and just doing more stunt driving, whatever I can. Very cool. Very good. All right. All right. Well, Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Nice to see you. You can see my reel. I have a reel on my website. And well, that is what? TaganHammond.com.
race car driver and up-and-coming stunt car driver, Tegan Hammond. Thanks for listening, and please share our show on social media, subscribe, it's absolutely free, and leave a comment if you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, and thank you in advance for helping our podcast grow. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and remember to subscribe. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.